Welcome to EduSpeak, where we take a look at how professionals in public education take things from concept to classroom. My name's Eric, and I'm a member of the communications team for Elmbrook Schools in Brookfield, Wisconsin. My hope for this series is to help break down complex topics and processes, to celebrate student and staff achievements, and to increase transparency and understanding across not only our community, but beyond. Curriculum is an all-encompassing fancy word for classroom lessons, and it's a word that I can never seem to spell correctly. It's defined as a standards-based sequence of planned experiences or lessons where students practice and achieve proficiency in content and applied learning skills. But the thing about curriculum is that it's constantly needing to evolve. For the reasons of updated content, state education standards, and best practices. As things change, curriculum needs to change with it. The textbooks that our parents use definitely aren't the ones that we use today. Elmbrook's Board Policy 6140 breaks down the renewal process for curriculum into six different steps that help illustrate the hard work that goes into this cycle. These steps start by forming high-quality standards that the program and resources can be wrapped around. After the standards are solidified and the program is evaluated, resources are identified that help enhance the learning of the material. For example, if a picture book does a really good job of illustrating a class lesson to first graders, it would be considered for use as a resource. So after we have the standards, program, and resources identified, curriculum is developed by a team of educators. Then after the curriculum is developed, it goes to the school board for approval and following its approval, it gets implemented at the school level by administrators. And the last of the six step process is implementation evaluation and adjustments. So just because a curriculum is implemented doesn't mean it's perfect. This step looks at evaluating how the new curriculum is working and what tweaks can be made to keep making it better for kids. This entire process recently occurred in Elmbrook with a fully revised social studies curriculum and I got to sit down with two of the directors that spearheaded the initiative. Uh, today I'm joined by Emily Greiber, our Director of Elementary Teaching and Learning. Hi! <laughs> Thanks for having me! <laughs> and uh, Lisa Rettler, our Director of Secondary Teaching and Learning. Hello! Thank you both for taking time to sit and chat with me today. Um, in your own words, why does curriculum have to be updated? Well, Eric, that's a great question. <laughs> I would say that the world we live in is evolving, and so what we're teaching to the students in the schools in front of us has to evolve to reflect the changing world around us. In our state, there are standards that are established for the state, and. Um, we want to implement and be aligned with, with those standards locally as well. We want to be current in the, the content, the skills, all of those pieces that we're bringing to our students to make sure that they'll be college career and life ready. 
And I, and I agree with that. I think relevance is probably one of the driving forces. Um, we want to ensure that we're preparing our students for today's world and tomorrow's world as well. Um, and, and that absolutely gets at life, college, and career readiness. Um, our curriculum is a critical foundation for a high-quality learning experience for every child. And so we want to make sure that we're being responsive to um, what our data is telling us and that through curriculum we're, we're responding to the needs of our students because we, we want every child to grow and to, and to succeed. Um, and probably the less uh, the lesser like attractive reason is that it is state law <laughs> that we um, review our our curriculum at least once every five years. So um, the the social studies curriculum was recently renewed and implemented this past school year as one of the district's strategic goals. Um, you had mentioned state law is uh, is that what triggers? renewing of curriculum? Um, we actually have an Elmbrook process um, that every curricular area is on a cycle um, and a five-year cycle so that that goal wasn't associated necessarily with the state law they were up to be renewed regardless um, I think that process um, was really comprehensive and very proud of what we um, we being community members, uh, students, educators across the system have created to put in front of our students. Um, that process, we engaged um, many people through focus groups, whether that's students, whether that's alumni, whether that's other community members and parents, um, to help us really determine what's right for our Elmbrook students. And that's something I think that is um, very unique is that we locally design our curriculum. We don't buy our curriculum. It's not a textbook. It's not a digital platform. It's what we design with our educators in our community. And I would just add to that, like one of the beautiful parts of the process is taking an opportunity to dig in and learn and reflect on what we're doing really well and then to determine what our opportunities are to improve and make that curriculum even better. I, I recently heard a statement, um, the why behind the what matters. And when I think about that through curriculum, it is a comprehensive process. We are definitely getting voice of um, multiple people in the process. But we're also grounding it in um, research, in, in updated research. And so being able to move that research forward in terms of we know how students learn best, um, what does that look like in our curriculum, um, that's, that's truly important to ensure that we're, we're meeting the needs of every child, um, you know, kids on the edges and, and kids who just show up every day and ready, ready to learn. Um, that's change and that takes a lot of support. Um, you know, change, it can be changed for students, it can be changed for teachers, it can be changed for admin, but there's a lot that goes into supporting people through this process because typically, like Emily said, we want to get better and better and that means that we all have, we have to look inward and we have to look outward and, and how to grow. The new program that was implemented is titled Inquiry Journeys. It allows students to engage in their own unique question-based learning of the social studies materials. So uh, 
in, in the recent process, what are some notable challenges that you experienced while you were updating the social studies curriculum? So just like looking at standards through a, a whole different lens, building with, through a inquiry model mm -hmm. and thinking about how we're going to engage kids and informing what questions and what research and it can be scary for the educator to have to kind of take away some of that control and let kids choose some pathways because I think as teachers we want to be really really great and skilled at, at what we do and when we give some of that to, to our students some of that power and and some of that autonomy it can be it can go in a lot of different directions and that that can be scary for people when it's new that model really empowers students to be learners to be researchers to critically um, to, to possess those skills that are going to help them be better citizens and we've said this multiple times but we we are not in the business of teaching kids what to think we are in the business of teaching them how to think we want to empower our learners to be critical thinkers to be problem solvers to be really good communicators to fact check to um, understand um, there is bias in the world and how to identify bias. So it's not about teaching kids what to think, it's about how to think. And how to engage with others who have diverging views yeah. in, in what they think. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to not always believe exactly the same information, but to be able to engage in discourse. And, and at times just you can respectfully agree to disagree, but that's something we see across our nation, like a lot of divisiveness and how do we bring people together? You can have the places where you stand that are different, but there's a lot that we have in common too. Yeah, absolutely. And when you talk about the scope of change, I mean, in a, we know that things are very polarizing right now. That, that's a challenge we had to work through through this curriculum renewal yeah. is trying to really honor um, and keep kids in the in the, at the front of this process because that's what this process was about is ensuring our kids um, have those skills so they are ready for life yeah so like you had mentioned we do serve a, con, uh, a large continuum of stakeholders with varying perspectives um, are there any specific ways that you engage the community through this renewal process to make sure all the voices were heard I think Sometimes it's just going back to the basics and really listen. Um, listen with an empathetic mind of, of um, what people's viewpoints are. Um, I'm sure Emily can attest to saying that we've taken lots of calls from parents and community members um, and, and just really trying to understand perspective so that we can provide clarity. Yeah. I, th I spoke a little bit earlier, but more formally, we did have um, some community focus groups and, and, and followed a, um, you know, a, a research-driven protocol for focus groups, mm -hmm. um, you know, selecting a diverse population, come together with these questions, ensuring that everyone has opportunity, um, then coding to see what the themes for the questions were. So, so we really um, tried to take a, a researcher's mind um, when we when we went through the the focus group um, process, yeah. and then I would also add, you know, to our community. So in addition to focus groups from community members, we we meet with current students, 
and we get their feedback to inform what our next iteration of, of curricula will look like. And then we also partner with districts around the area. So learning from what other benchmark districts are, are, are using, what they're doing, what's working well, what if they have advice on things to avoid. Mm -hmm. And then we have a CESA that we work with. So it's an, it's an area for educators in the state. Each, each region has their own CESA. And we partner with our CESA as well to get information. So we're really networking in lots of places to get lots of inputs. One of my favorite parts is the student focus groups. I mean, it is, it, it is great to hear from the kids about what's working and, and what we can build on and then what, where are our opportunities to grow because um, they, they are you know, feet on the ground. They know what's happening. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's fun to, to do those. Are there any other subject areas in the curriculum renewal process right now? Yes, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa doesn't sleep. There's yeah. so many yeah. at the secondary level. So um, right now, um, we just last night took um, a new curriculum to the board for a CTE, which is Career and Technical Education, okay. otherwise known as your tech, um, tech ed classes, um, your computer science, business, um, family consumer science, those all fall under the umbrella of CTE. That's about 54 courses um, of curriculum. <laughs> so that, that was a big lift. Um, that was fun. Um, and then we also have our world language. And so world language, um, uh, later this year, will be taking their proposed curriculum to the board. Yep. So those are, are two, um, Emily mentioned before, we also have English language, language arts that we're working on, that's a, that's a big area as well, K-12, um, and then later this spring we have, yeah. we have physical education and health coming up too, oh so wow. yeah, we're busy. It's a big year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I do think our process is, is definitely high quality. Um, our comprehensive evaluation that we do really brings in multiple perspectives. So, um, you know, the process itself is we often get asked, share your process, because there are many people that don't have a process. Yeah. And it's not, it isn't a year-long process. You know, it, it, and you can add to it too, but like it, this is, we're talking like five years. So the first two years, there's there's a lot going on, yeah. but then we want to constantly dipstick to see how the curriculum is doing. Okay. So it's not like it's, oh, we did that last year. It's a five-year rolling process. I don't know if you yeah, I, I was gonna bring that up too. Thank you, Lisa. So the, it's a cycle. It's, mm -hmm. not a, it's not just a, you do it once in five years, but mm -hmm. we, so we are implementing social studies and we're learning a whole bunch right now. Mm -hmm. And so we'll have to look at what we would make adjustments to. We make minor adjustments to how we're instructing. And if there's some big changes, which can happen, then we bring those back to the board for additional approval. Mm -hmm. But just what looks good on paper sometimes and in our thinking doesn't always transfer over and sometimes things work out even better than we had anticipated. But so that continuous improvement part of the process is really important. It helps us determine um, what professional development we need to put in front of our teachers. Um, you know, by looking at after a year of implementation, what are we seeing? Um, I mean, that's really telling to see, like Emily said, if there's minor tweaks we need to do and if there's major tweaks 
you might need to go back to the board with something. Um, but constantly looking at how can we grow our teaching staff, their, their capacity as well, and listening to them on what they need so we can put the resources in the right place and they feel um, empowered to come, come to work every day and do the best they can. Yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for taking time out of your busy days and yeah. for all your hard work on this very important work. Thank you. Thank appreciate, you, Erin. Appreciate yeah. having you here. Thanks. Thank you for joining me. This has been Eric for EduSpeak. We'll hear you next time.